G'day everyone and welcome back to the next podcast episode for Voice of a Veteran. I am Heston Russell. And I am Scott Evanett. In this one, guys, we dive into the Burton Report, the post actions from all the crazy media that's been happening. Absolutely. We dive into detail of the true purpose, strategic, operationally and tactically as Scotty then grills me on how I've been looking after or not looking after myself and some key takeaways moving forward. Exactly. So stay tuned, guys, because some of those golden nuggets will help you in your own life. Hope you enjoy. All right, mate. Welcome back, Scotty. Thank you very much. Lots has been going on. Lots, indeed. Lots, my friend. So for those who haven't been tuning into the media, which shouldn't be too many, um, or may not have been up to speed with the topics that's been going on that we're going to touch on today, right? It's been insanely interesting time for the veteran community in the past four weeks, my friend. Yeah, it certainly has, mate. The, uh, the old burden report, it's flavor of the month at the moment. For those who aren't tracking, yeah, um, four and a half years ago, um, Justice Burden, an Army Reserve Major General, um, was stood up with a team to conduct uh, investigations into alleged war crimes um, in Afghanistan for the Special Operations Task Group, of which Scott and I both served on. Um, I went there 2011, 2012, and then with the US 2014, and you went... I went 2009, 2011. Copy that. 2012. Oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, I came in as you were going out. That's right. You were there with... Um, Bravo. Bravo. Yep, that's it. That's Spartans. it. I was there with Absolutely. Alpha, the Vikings. That's it. Uh, so, yeah, and then that report got dropped. It feels like it's Dude, months it's ago. been insane. So, it's a, like you said, four years, the Burton Report, but yep. this, the last four weeks is what we're speaking about. It's just crazy. So, as soon as it dropped and then it had, you know, the um, response from the media, yep. kick things off, and then a response from the government, yeah. and then yourself, a bit of a triple-headed beast going on. Tell us. It's been a lot. Yeah, well, first things first, we heard the Prime Minister come out and warn everyone about these brutal truths and get everyone ready, and, you know, it was very dark, doom and gloom, and then the Chief of Defence Force came out and just wham, bam, thank you, ma'am, everything from everyone, all over 3,000 um, members who deployed to, from 2007 to 2013 would lose their unit citations, which, as yeah. we know, includes 20 of our fallen mates, through to disbanding two squadron, um, and through to just the whole thing that is going from uh, investigation, uh, sorry, an inquiry now to investigation. It seems that no matter who you are, yeah. right, you haven't been affected by this. Yeah, well, the the biggest thing for me, and this is, we'll talk about this, you know, risk uh, or threat, risk versus opportunity, you know, uh, it has sent such a huge shockwave through the veteran community, mm. through the current Defence Force community, um, particularly in the Special Forces community, veteran community. Uh, so many guys and girls just having this, um, feeling of abandonment, you know, it was such an interesting time over there in a unconventional counterinsurgency warfare where you know, at the moment you're being measured by black and white standards and there was so much grey and as we know, mate, mm. you know, from trip to trip, you know, there was just so much grey air and you actually knew the old strategic soldier piece. You had to accept some of these things and make decisions that weren't black and white and you did yeah. so because that's the whole special forces Oh, it's thing. insane. Like you'd be a soldier and, you know, as a particular team, not your team, would be out there doing a task on the same mission and in that exact mission with that team that you know all six members of that team, it's completely different for them. The rules of engagement are the same, yet what happens to them around the corner of this compound can be completely different to what you get on this side of the compound, including those people over there, the Afghanistan people, the Taliban forces, the whoever it is, the insurgents, yep. how they act. They're a farmer at one one point and then they're picking up a weapon and they're back to being a farmer or they're, sorry, sir, I don't know anybody, yep. you know, and everything in between. How can you, you know, begin to start, you know, 
pressing allegations and doing all this sort of stuff. It's just there's so much grey. There is. There is so much grey. And that's I think the, the key part, and that it's so hard not to get lost in all these layers, but first and foremost, the most disappointing part for me has been seeing our senior leaders stand up and want to make such a um, solid position yeah. that really is the old um, tarring the many for the um, sake of a few um, through to just as an Australian citizen, unfortunately, this has thrust uh, these conversations into the lounge rooms, into the office places of all Australians, and it hasn't provided them with the full context to it. And I say that as we talk to the veteran mental health space in that so many of our um, generation of veterans, the, their time in Afghanistan defined their entire careers and loss of purpose, loss of identity, all this. And now they're being forced to have these conversations, even if they weren't special forces, yep. Yep. they're being forced to have these conversations and help people have opinions on stuff that they haven't been given all the well, information to. And that's what I was about to say before about no matter who you are, you've been affected because what happens with these, you know, this is, this is shared energy, right? The emotional responses create energy and the energy within the lounge room that, you know, changes with each person, no matter if you understand the topic that's been spoken about, whether you know about the grey areas of the military and special forces and operations, yep. it doesn't matter because you feel the person's energy change yep. and then that group mentality, the energy behind the entire country changes and it's just like, it's freaky. What happens You're to right. mental health? What happens internally? You're and right. that's what we want to talk about. Very good point you talk about there and it's the emotion piece. What has happened is... You know, as opposed to commencing with objective fact and then allowing opinion and experience to shape emotional attachment to it, people have been forced straight into this as an emotive conversation. Yep. And as we talk about, particularly in the veteran mental health space, usually we actually uh, start to commence our mental health decline when, for our first times in our lives, we rely on our mental resilience because previously we're actually conditioned with physical and mental resilience as layers before those. So automatically there's emotions attached to this yep. and people, you know, your emotions feed into the energy of others and there was an initial huge sort of kick in the guts. But as soon as, you know, we started speaking up to defend those who can't defend themselves, like yep. our fallen comrades, yep. watching the the emotion and the energy of the Australian people get behind right. veterans has been so inspiring. Mate, it's insane. And to see how reactive everybody is in that with their energy changing, that's the difference you've got you know, people pouring their um, positivity and their support through. And then on the other side of the coin, you've got people in rage. You've got people who are just not knowing where to place that energy now that's bubbling up inside, speaking and just turning that black blob into, you know, like ink. It just spreads, yeah, right? it's been right? spearing out. Including yourself, right? Yep. And, I, and that's why I wanted to bring this up. Is just, it's not the people in the lounge room watching on the other side of the TV, but you've been you know, kind of championed a bit of a face and voice of the veteran community and that has its positive and negative effects on its own because simply by speaking up about, the, you know, topics that people should know about if yep. they didn't already and having a voice for people who didn't or don't have a voice, whether they're in the military or not, and then you've had to deal with these things yourself emotionally yep. and your mental health taking a hit. You want to... Yeah, absolutely. That? So, I mean, for context again, I think two weeks before the Burden Report was released, there was an article... Um, released by the ABC that spoke of a Marine hearing a pop and accusing November Platoon in 2012 of executing a prisoner. And that's where I just jumped on social media. Right. Um, I reached out to ABC, I reached out to the project um, and just sort of said for the first time, you know, I was that platoon commander, which I didn't even appreciate myself. Everyone's like, hey, man, like, that's huge. Someone's come forward and said that. I was like, nah, man, I was like, my platoon. They're like, but yeah, there was special forces and this. I was like, okay, cool. When you're in the heat of the moment, you're just doing what needs to be right. And um. To their credit, the project, Peter Van O, uh, reached out to me and we did a one-on-one. -on -one. And then two weeks later, the uh, Burden Report dropped. And next thing, um, I'm being asked for 
my opinion, just because yeah. I've already had a, a profile speaking to this, and mate, it has been full on. Exactly. Know? So something you were directly involved with, yeah. right? Some irresponsible or you know allegations coming forth, information being out there, media twisting it, etc. Yep. Got your attention because you're directly involved with it. You yeah. have a face now, yeah. right? That's recognizable, and the media's doing what the media does, and went, oh, we'll get him back on because yeah. it'll be good for ratings, right? Yeah. And a story. And all of a sudden now you're talking about the latest topic, which was the release of the report. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I mean, then there it goes. It's just it's a beautiful um, fusion of where we've been at with Voice of a Veteran, you know, launched that a month before this happened with the key part to try and focus on that veteran mental health piece. And all of a sudden we've had the biggest public shockwave bomb blast to go through our veteran community current uh, and those um, who have made the ultimate sacrifice in their families. And yep. now's the time to step up to the front, to yep. do what we've said before, to lead by example. And I'm just so fortunate that, you know, in crisis, you default to your level of training. And as we've spoken about before, I was been fortunate enough to be put through some of the, the best training like yourself for you know, over a decade of my life. And now it's just been my huge responsibility and, and uh, to uh, – put my words together, oh. put my emotion aside. Oh. Um, and I've been privy to, for those who didn't know, so in support I've been running around helping as much as I can, whether it's been, yeah. you know, holding some cameras, helping, you know, disseminate some information. Telling me to the, breathe. Yeah, social media <laughs> platforms, feeding him, right? Whatever, whatever it is, like whatever I can throw support, that's what we do. And, yep. um, you know, I've seen the levels of emotional spikes, you know, the highs and the lows that have come forth from crazy stuff coming out of the woodworks, whether it's being – someone overly pouring their heart out in support about this heartfelt story, something that's really saved someone's life, someone's family, to the other end, which is like the media getting a hold of something and, you know, yeah, saying, hey, we're going to go nuts with this. And you're like, oh, God, we've got to put on the brakes. You know, yeah. people don't get to see everything in between. Oh, that's right? it. And what, what I do love is, you know, back in the military time, we uh, battle, battle space operating systems and information dominance or influence or information operations or propaganda – and just really understanding that, you know, the media is a, is a tool and actually can be a weapon. Um, but the best part for me, mate, as we've spoken about this um, a lot, is that first and foremost, I'm back on the most authentic purpose I can find, um, you know, from accusations coming out against my lads through to those that um, I see are, are being bullied by these punishments, you know. Yeah. And that's the greatest part of my career was the ability to fly around the world and take the fight to what I call bullies. Yep. And, you know, when you see our senior leaders stand up and paint everyone with the same brush, and we we have literally, in Voice of a Veteran, you know, we have over 70,000 people who joined this petition to retain the meritorious unit citation, over 30,000 people who've joined our community online, yep. and every day, hundreds, and during those first two weeks, thousands of Correct. emails, messages, social media, everything, and the outpouring has just been huge. Well, mate, I want to get on here and personally... Thank you. I do. I want to personally thank you because I've seen what's what heat you've copped and I've seen everything that's come through, including the barrage of support, which is not easy to deal with because you want to give as much value to these people as possible. You just can't let them go. Yeah. And the time, and I'm going to get onto a crucial word here in a second called sacrifice, but we'll get to that in a second. Yeah. Um, it's just, actually, no, let's hit that right now. Sacrifice, right? And for those who don't know, more specifically, you know, your self-sacrifice over this period. This isn't about putting you in the light. I just wanted to shed some light yeah. on that, you know, that people don't see. No, absolutely. And, you know, service outside of self, authentic yep. purpose, others. Yep. You know, this is this whole piece whereby as um, professional military people, we are indoctrinated and thrive on doing things for others and putting others and the mission and everything before ourselves. And 
all of a sudden in a very public way, I've had this, the mission provided to me um, and the purpose provided by all those who have come forward and asked for me to help speak out and support them. It's not all veterans, that's the key point to know, but yep. it's the majority of veterans who are reaching out to me yep. and uh, these families of the fallen you know, who immediately contacted me. And it's, it is so empowering and amazing to feel that purpose and to feel that responsibility. Like, you know, I struggled leaving defence when I wasn't responsible for anyone but myself. I am my best when I'm responsible for others. Yep. And it's not entitled, it's responsible for others. And all of a sudden I'm back in it, but... It went through such a hyper thing, you know, from like getting three o'clock phone calls, can you be on the TV at 5am through yeah. to, and just the conversations are emotive. Yeah. And some of the media is sitting there, not, their purpose is not information. Their purpose is to slip you up and get a grab that they can then put over yeah. the headlines and, yeah, and try and show the Australian public, see, this is that emotive response that potentially made them commit war crimes overseas. And all these things are going through my head through to, the way in which you're presenting yourself. I don't want to be seen as an arrogant SF guy. I want to be seen as an Australian guy who sort of did his duty. And I want people to join our defence force. I want people to embrace our defence force. And that was my key worry is that people lost their, their trust. But you know what? The response from the Australian public, however, yep. has been so powerful. And that was something great, isn't it? I underestimated that. You know, the optic is on our veterans yep. and Australians love our veterans and they just want the opportunity to support them more. Absolutely. And it's like something positive because everything has a positive in my view. Like I'm a positive person. I don't like to look back very often unless it's for a positive reason. I can draw out some mistakes that I've made to make them better, enhance myself, do something. So I'm not one to look too back. But the positive side of it is it has given the veteran community and wider audience that one point to focus on, which has rallied the troops collectively together. We've come forward with something. And now – our job, our duty to try and maintain this community that's being built, yeah. right, and offer services and support and value to a place where they can help themselves or help someone that they know, especially if it's a veteran or a veteran family that they know within the community that they can help out, right? So yeah. um, <coughs> it's been a bloody busy time. Yeah, absolutely, mate. You know, we went into this thing trying to break down this narrative where people think veterans uh, are wounded or injured or, or ticking PTSD time bombs. Mm-hmm through to just that lack of understanding of what we did in Afghanistan, period, which we're just, yeah. unfortunately, it's all coming to the surface. So you've seen it, and Scotty's helped me really, like, compose myself and talk and, like he said, even feed me breakfast. And <laughs> that article in the newspaper was written on his kitchen bench after a Scotty omelette pizza. But uh, it's just that composure to make sure we're trying to, even the progression of the um, narrative, you know, there's the immediate defence for those who can't defend themselves. We launched straight into the meritorious unit citation and within one week we had 50,000 Australians sign up to it. Yep. So it was fantastic to feel like, hey, you know, an authentic, an authentic voice carries its own authority. An authentic purpose will push you through. Um, and that's been so inspiring. But then as it's gone on and, you know, the, the media, some of the elements of the media have been super supportive. Others have been... Yeah. looking for those little hiccups and starting to pry into my personal life and all Mate, that sort I, of stuff. I also see something else within the community and the wider audience of Australia that's yeah. always you know, applaudable, which is leadership yeah. and quality leadership and leadership on a level that isn't seen all the time because political leadership is completely different to what you see in the military. Yeah. You know, I'm talking about team leaders, platoon leaders and that sort of leadership. Yeah. I see it differently to what I see in politics, right? And yeah. I'm sure most people do. So when a dose of quality leadership in that form comes to the forefront, people 
soak it up, man, because it's something that's so valuable in everyone's life yep. that they can just hear what you're saying and really tune in and listen. I think that's what's been, you know, keeping the audience so captive as well. Yeah. Is, well, is these, yeah. The, the benefit that I have is, you know, being a um, uh, an army officer, a professional military officer, a special forces officer, you know, I went through all the different stages of actual professional training. And then, you know, being in a unit like um, 2 Commando where, you know, if the guys called you sir, it meant that you'd probably done something wrong or they didn't like you. If they called you boss, they liked you. You know, and it, you know a lot of people will look at this culture like whatever. It was, it was actually being measured on your performance each and every single day and we talk about this daily renewable contract and it actually kept you accountable to yourself and to them. So you started well, to that. learn that responsibility through entitlement, which yep. is a lot of what we see unfortunately in the political game because you're playing political games, political party lines, all this, yep. is actually um, – leadership based on authority and it's destined to fail you know authority at the end of the day comes down to a fear of accountability and if something becomes more um scary than your accountability then the person falls off whereas leadership by example and i'm not trying to stand up being a leader i'm trying to stand up and do what i need to be done no mate but that's another battle that i've seen you um you know it's another storm i've seen you weather is that there's different leaders out here both still in the military especially and out post-service and what leaders are stepping up and what leaders want the voice to be speaking, right? Because yep. you've had leaders, you know, come to you and say, this is kind of where we should send the narrative or, you know, well done with this or not well done with this and people popping their head up. I mean, that's another stress for you to take on is like, yeah. you're not speaking for everyone. You never said you were trying to, but just by yeah. the situation you are and funny enough, the people start rearing their heads out. That's it. First and foremost, everyone knows, you know, I hate generalisations and to say you speak for all veterans is a lie. <laughs> yeah. But I tell you what, um, I speak for you know, twenty or 30,000 veterans and their families who have contacted us yeah. directly and given me permission to do so. But uh, it's even internally. So since leaving the military at the start of last year and going down my mental health spiral, a big part that I struggle with was actually self-confidence, that um, self-identity, uh, not having that extrinsic purpose. And so as soon as, you know, I sat here and I watched people like, you know, the four-star general, chief of defence force, um, General Campbell, get up there and out prime minister um, and then the chief of the army, you know, very senior decorated um, special forces officers themselves, you know, and then I had the media asking me to comment about it. You know, you're back in this place. You know, I'm back as like I retired as a major Heston Russell and then it was actually through just having some fantastic people around me and we just start talking about facts, not entitlement, yep. responsibility, not yep. rank. Yep. And it's like, hey – Leadership 101, you know, you support your guys. That doesn't mean you cover up things. That doesn't mean that you don't hold them accountable. But we also live in a democratic system. And to stand up and say, you know, essentially these people are, are guilty before actually being tried in court. And not only these people, but all these other people. You know, the worst thing I've ever seen junior officers and junior NCOs in the army do is collective punishment. Mm. It's like, hey, if someone did something wrong, don't stand up in front of the whole platoon and tell them to do this. Go to that one person. Yep. Don't bring negativity to every single person. And all of a sudden we saw it at a national scale and then an international scale. So that's when it's like, hey, look, enough is enough. I have the responsibility to do what I can do. And the biggest, biggest lesson I keep taking away is stop being the only person to hold yourself back. Mm. Stop being the only person to hold yourself back, especially when there's like tens of thousands of people saying, hey, we've got you. That's where, you know, I have to have those moments. I have to talk to people, you know. It might look nice and polished on there, but that's because yeah. I'm putting every energy into it. And behind the scenes, there's a lot going on. <laughs> for sure, man, for sure. I want to talk more about those moments because that is, you know, what I like to bring to the table are those 
actions on that the everyday person, anyone in a mental health crisis or anyone else that's suffering in any way, what are your actions on? What do you do in the morning? Like, you know, the things, the routines, the people, the support, you know, I want to dive into a little bit of that because I believe, you know, whether you knew it or not, like you've been at the forefront of some stressful situations over the last week and what better person to talk to in dealing with those stresses and giving some of your your possible golden nuggets out of your routines yeah absolutely so those those first four weeks mate i literally put the mission and the the men the people before myself so i i sacrificed myself you know we we do that when there's a a high tempo period on operations it is whatever you you acknowledge that you you fill your pouches up with as many snacks as you can and you're not going to see the gym for a few days and you crack on and now at week four, this is the first week I've gotten back into, I've been to the gym twice already. I'm actually eating food I've prepared, not on the go. Um, you know, literally even in my own body shape, I put on a few kilos that last week. I've got 4,000 more gray hairs, but my sleep has been terrible. My anxiety levels have been huge. You know, I, I take medication for depression and anxiety. And, um, you know, I see a psychologist and a psychiatrist each once a week and I've had to speak with them and, and, and I've had to delve back into my breathing techniques to help almost stave off, not panic attacks, but, you know, yep. wanting to scream at the moon and rip the handle off my um, yep. terrace out there um, and just taking that self-care time. And what I've, what I've failed at is being proactive in my self-care. I've been reactive and I've only attended to it when I was at sort of breaking point. Yep. So I'm hearing multiple transitions here because your number one transition has been from military to civilian, right? And then you talk about finding purpose and identity. And that's what we talk about with the transition. That's one of the biggest threats, right? To everybody is finding again, the purpose, finding again, your identity, and then um, transitioning into a new role, a new script for yourself, right? So I know for a fact that when you um, transition from anything, especially if it's been a very active something, you get depressed after it, right? I'm talking about, you can talk to actors, for example, who have been on set for a set period of time. After that movie's been shot and filmed, they go through depression after that, okay? Military, on a huge scale, same, same. And what about yourself? I'm going to bring, bring it on again because over the last month, have you felt more depressed this week, as you've mentioned, and beyond because it's, it's died I think back down? That's really, really good questions, mate. You know, stepping even back to the, the purpose piece. Um, actually, no, I answer that question first, otherwise I'll lose myself. Uh, there was a bit of a lull a week and a bit ago uh, where it was the first two days. It was Monday, Tuesday, and then Wednesday. I went down to the waves of wellness group that we're doing down at Bondi and I sat there with the group you do like a bit of a chat beforehand then go for a surf and I was like you know it's been so hyper this last two weeks and I've loved it like I've been back on my game my head has felt all together my, my purpose and my identity have been all put back together you're banging in again yeah exactly mate back on mission and then all of a sudden there was two days where I woke up I woke up on time without having people trying to call me for an interview in the morning uh, there wasn't an article I needed to write. There wasn't anything I needed to do. And just, it went quiet. You know, it went so quiet, I could hear the ringing in my ears type quiet. Yep. And I sat there and I spoke to them. I was like, hey, you know, I'm now so super cautious that I've just hit this huge peak performance and all of a sudden the, it's gone. Yep. The, I've, I've, I've swum over the cliff, you know, and there's blackness below. And I'm like, where to from here? Yep. It's, it's being purposeful is addictive because it brings out the best in me and this is like the the dangers of you know next thing someone wants to comment on something random over here and there's that even in the media game we'll have to do a separate piece on the media it's such a bubble but there's the the threat of you know chasing ambulances or trying to trace relevance 
which starts to detract from your authentic purpose. Yeah, but have you been completely looking over your shoulder as well? Because you come from banging it in again, you know, something that's high level, and then you have, you know, a moment of quiet where you now have to, what you should be doing is re-zeroing on yourself yeah. and spending quality time with yourself and talking to yourself and recreating these scripts and, you know, playing the right tunes. And you've got a whole process that should be happening in order to get yourself to good health, but you've been looking over your shoulder or in your phone for that phone call or has it that's my question is it yeah. been like you can't really move on because you're still it's shit's not finished yet well that's it and then whenever there's been quiet times there's been and this is you know i'm my own worst enemy and I, to be honest i love it but it really takes its toll as far as the trust that our community has put in me um as far as their messages and the issues and you know there's so many more topics this is bringing up so much emotive stuff for people um, whether it's specific to this or just their sort of treatment and defense or just their their need to be activated and feel hope. That's why we launched Voice of a Veteran, to put a voice out there because people just need to hear and feel that there's hope and that's what gets you away from despair and from suicide in those places. And the the stories and the emotion and the purpose and the responsibility people are putting on me makes me to be my best person, but at the same time, I then put huge expectations on myself. So spare time, I'm writing things down, I'm going over more information. I'm trying to pull apart all the different layers of messaging as I learn more and I've had some great mentors recently in this media piece of having to make bite-sized, plain English-speaking key messages and not trying to sound like prepared key messages. Yep. Um, you know, there's just my head is just a maze of self-imposed responsibility, trying to demonstrate the best of what we are and have been trained to be, not let down those who uh, have put trust in me, try and maintain the trust or at least improve the trust of those Australians who might never have liked the military beforehand or now being forced to make an opinion, yep. make sure I don't give the media anything to come and stab me in the back with, make sure I'm not saying anything that could impact on my, my family. You know, I've had to have conversations with my mum and my sister like, hey, this is proper real-world conversations. And unfortunately, guys like you and I have seen how much actual evil there is out in the world yeah. and we volunteered not only protect our country and its people from that physically but from mentally and emotionally you know just knowing some of that stuff's out there and unfortunately we know it's out there so i'm i've got them going through <laughs> actions on and contingency right. plans you know, it's and a whole new battlefield oh. that's all it is the battlefield has changed right it's so, at home and so, it's vulnerable so have yeah. you been able to draw clear lines within yourself that there's family heston because is is you know political heston or business heston taking some of this work home with you this christmas right so i want to make sure that as a mate and anyone else that's listening in the same spot that you've got you can draw lines between it you can emotionally detach from a specific role that you've been playing and responsibilities yeah. and sort your shit out in in a new one right so this version which is you know now that your new purpose has been you know absolutely amplified you're like business heston should be like fire right yeah i think he is and he really <laughs> fucking enjoys it right yeah. and then you've got family heston coming up over the christmas period yeah. and you've got a little touch of political heston over here so and this is the <laughs> huge huge learning curve i like to say there's no political heston there's just heston but i even remember back in like back in my um commando days the guys would say there was heston and hesto you know um heston would stand up and you know i, lo I love giving my orders and memorizing my mission statement and things like that because you know the way in which you deliver what you deliver is what gave the guys or girls confidence in you then stepping out onto the field of battle essentially yeah. uh, and being able to do that is where i am my absolute best and it's so 
the biggest thing I've always struggled with, mate, is actually separating those. You know, I my identity has always been what I'm doing. And like I was saying before, I'm finally thrust into a very public way where all of my identities are pushed together and I'm, I'm back serving. Yep. Um, and furthermore, that identity, like my deployment to 2012 was the highlight of my life because I got to work with and lead, have the responsibility for, you know, a platoon of the best people I've ever seen in my life because they risked their lives every day and didn't fear for risking their lives. They feared for failing their mission. They feared for letting down the people next to them. And the things they did, mate, would make, you know, people's toes curl, the risks that they faced. But as you know, then coming back and just being friends and social with each other and just there, there are bonds that you can't break. And then all of a sudden when that's attacked publicly, um, that's that's been the most hurtful, hurtful thing and that's what's really pushed me back into doing what needs to be done. But I'm, I struggle greatly. You know, on deployment we'd go and then we'd come back and you'd have decompression. I struggle so greatly with separating um, business from personal. Yep. And, you know, to be honest, at the moment I really appreciate it that I'm actually not emotionally mature yet or stable yet to actually be able to do that. So that's where I have actually had to reach out and ask others yep. and, and to get them to, to keep track on me um, and to hold me accountable because I am not good at doing that and I will just lose myself in a hole. There we go. So that's that's something, a key point for, for people with, you know, struggling with identity. Firstly, do you can compartmentalise the different versions of you or it's one and you've got manageable... You know, it's a mess. <laughs> <laughs> it's an absolute mess. Yeah. And you just mentioned your supportive systems. So you've got someone keeping you accountable, you know, or s- multiple people for multiple roles. Yeah. I think even the key thing that also weighs on my head at the moment is I'm finally, I finally feel like at least 80% of my brain and heart um, is all back together. And you're not on purpose, be that productivity, be that the level of confidence that I'm pretty happy with what I'm doing at the moment. And there's also this fear in the back of my head that if I don't maximise it now by using my spare time to write down things that it's going to pass. Because, you know, I've even over the last year in my mental health spiral, I've suffered from short-term memory loss, which is a build-up of stress and things like this. And I literally have these periods where I'm afraid that I'm going to lose Dude, this. Dude, I was shitting myself thinking about doing podcasts. <laughs> Do you know why? Because the short-term memory loss. Yeah, man. Kills your vocabulary. That's yeah. the perfect word to start uh, right <laughs> <laughs> Didn't that work out well? Yeah. Right? So the same thing. It's just like I know the level of intelligence I have, yeah. but getting that out sometimes, the brain isn't functioning properly. The firing and wiring that my brain currently has used to have more. Yeah. Right? And those circuits close down. I hear you, man. All right? They used to be more. And I totally get you. You've turned on the sands of time, the clock is ticking yeah. i've got to get this done before heston shrivels away and turns into a you know what that's it and i mean i think a huge part as well has been particularly in um in the military you know in in my role where i was at a great level of planning and leadership performance i always had a an awesome team around me mm. from my platoon sergeant to my senior team commanders to you know csm other platoon commanders and then also like your specialist your, your sig your your medic um and just those people who also invested in you personally like you know from my sig scotty to like getting me breakfast through to you know doug checking me on things and um you know griffo just being hilarious it's <laughs> scaring the crap out of me uh not having that team here and now and then even th- we will speak about this and we've spoken about this before you know i was literally drowning in success at the same time where i also had to be so careful with 
um, who I was keeping around me. And, you know, there were some key specialisations, particularly in the digital space and some of the other capabilities we need, who, you know, some very high-performing people and capabilities immediately reached out to me and like, hey, we can take this off your plate. We can help you with this. And I started to surround myself with people who were good at what they do but weren't necessarily the right people for me. Yep. And that's nothing against those people. Yep. I actually had to, and I spoke to you about this last week, I had to go back to Selection Principles 101 and keep the people around me who were the right people, people. Yeah. not because of what they could do. Absolutely. It's completely different. To, not completely, I can't say completely, but different to the military, Differently, diff, different from your team Yes. because your team all have specialties within your team and you know and that person knows that that's their role and that role isn't changing. No. There's a level of confidence within that role out here, very different. Well, it's because, remember, in the in the commando team, we select people on their um, character attributes and their trainability, then we train them to be those specialties. Right. So I, in my salvation for time and wanting to maximise the number of opportunities and literally just trying to take some time yep. away and give it to some people to take it off my plate, surrounded by like three, four, five different people, and I found myself investing more emotion into those and managing those people yep. Because uh, unfortunately, a lot of the, their purpose was not authentic. Their purpose was yeah. trying to utilize what I and we were doing for their own gain. Well, that's, that's my that's my point is that that you get these coachable, trainable people, and then you give them the qualifications. Where here you're looking for the qualifications that you need to support, right? The assets that necessary, and then you have to train the person, you know, in people skills because otherwise the team doesn't work, and that's what's really really hard. Yeah, is that you don't have the left and right of arc keeping them accountable to staying there. If they want to move a little bit more right or a little bit more left or a little bit forward or stop altogether, yeah. they can do that. So you've got to, as we found out here on this particular battlefield and in business, is that you have to find the people who are willing to stick around and support and for the right attributes of them yeah. and help them get qualified. If not, try and find someone with both. Absolutely. Surround yourself with the right people. And this comes down to we have to do a session one day on culture you know personal ethos values um just alignment in mind body and spirit and i have to give a huge shout out to scotty here and sam sam Assa behind the scenes um, as far as helping to provide me with a buffer and support for 70 to 80 percent of the shrapnel that's been coming away let alone the direct attacks um, and helping to sift through what has been a hugely rewarding and responsible um, influx of information emotion and even through to you know just being there to listen to me when i'm Going a hundred miles. Is that all? hundred. miles an hour. Yeah, up, up it a bit, buddy. <laughs> uh, it's true too. Sitting there with me as we're being grilled on international media in interviews that we didn't know were coming. Yeah, that's right. But haven't you heard, mate? I'm good at catching shrapnel. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Those who don't know, Scotty's still got a bit of shrapnel in his face from his time back in Afghan. That's why he still maintains his, his and, beard. And that's, a, that's another story to come. But yeah. I know what is needed like i've felt it on the worst end of the scale of like supporting assets like people being able to lift some of that weight you know to give you that space to breathe and opportunity to get your foot off the gas and have a think and come up with some better decisions especially in a leadership role it's what you need and i've haven't always found the right people to do that for myself i don't ask for help very often Absolutely. funny enough i'm training a lot but not asking for help Same. and you feel you feel guilty like even yeah. with you mate you know we had such huge plans to crack on with this podcasts and other voice of veteran stuff key resources you wanted to get out to those who were suffering from this loss of identity um, loss of community loss of value 
And then all of a sudden, you know, I have you like making me breakfast while I'm preparing for an interview and stuff. And I feel like I'm sort of degrading you. I feel like, and then you're like, hey, shut up. I love this. Like, oh, let me it. help you. Love it. We've and got this, this, we share the same love language, right? Yeah, and we know this now, well, acts of service. 90% of, I think yeah. 90% of military people do. Yeah. And what's funny is that, you know, guys, some of the heat that I've taken in the past on being on social media and kind of leading the way in that that respect because not many guys before me i don't know if any put themselves on social media just just commando steve that's about it probably no, yeah right yeah. especially with no shirt on you yeah. know the shit's gonna fly right <laughs> yeah but um is is yeah i've forgotten no, you're good you're good um it's as far as like i was saying um not feeling bad about allowing you to help me and you know no, that's, oh, that's what i was gonna say is yeah. that we're not we don't actually um like receiving help like we don't actually write like receiving the the, the honors we're like helping people it's acts of service and then appreciation of those acts of service absolutely now this this sounds kind of familiar to what we've been talking about the issue with the mental health and suicide rate in the veteran community about not wanting to ask for help oh, yeah. and we've just really been perpetuating the same thing in actions where it is potentially you know and had impact on my mental and emotional health and yep. it's come back to me not being able to ask for help absolutely but you've realized that enabled in in order for you to down the speed in order for you to lift the weight off you need help absolutely you can't do shit without help and that's where i think the the key takeaway for me is during those down times when you definitely don't actually need help or particularly think you don't need help it's very important to establish having the right people around you who can actually um and and also being vulnerable enough to allow them into everything that's going on in your life yep. your life so as when things do pick up when another media spike does pick up the support network is already there because you're not going to ask for help. We might try and get better and ask for help, but we're trying to undo a decade's worth of indoctrination. So to have those preventative, yep. proactive people in there around you who can be monitoring your personal, emotional, yep. physical battle space. Right. And like when I went to camera, mate, making you go to the gym, making you eat something nutritious, making you turn your phone off and go to bloody bed. Yep, um, absolutely. But the level of support comes with the level of awareness that that supporting asset has, right? Because yes. if they have all the awareness and education in that realm, they know when to proactively dig in and say, no, this is what you're doing. Go over here, whatever, which is great. And at times go, hey, man, how are you? Yeah, you're good. Sweet. And, yeah, good. and, and piss yeah, off. That's it. Sometimes it's like, don't, don't tell me what to do. Right? But that, that level of understanding for yeah. those who have family members in the military or, or anyone else, that's extremely hard to get until the person firstly helps them understand and brings awareness to it. Otherwise, they don't know how to, how to offer support. Because yeah. offering support is, is a talent. Yeah. As well, you have to know. I'm. I made a great two. I see because yep. of the person I am. I like to, um, like you said, acts of service. I like to be hungry. I like to do this for people. So being a two. I see was great for me. Yeah, absolutely. You know I mean? Like I probably would made would have made a better two. I see than I would have team leader because I just find that this is this that position there is me. It's so funny. I've, and I've always felt the same. I've always felt that I am. Um, we've said this before I'm not the most creative but I'm fantastic at grabbing other people's ideas uh, and w working with them and making them better more effective more efficient and you know I've always been you know I've retired as a major I've always had hierarchy above me and my passion and values always come from leading those I've been responsible for but in this case you know there's as we said there's not a single person from defense has reached out to me not even to say shut your mouth uh, and you sort of there's no one that I'm really reporting up to but it's even been that mental shift to me. It's like, hey, you don't need someone overlooking you. You need to surround yourself with people to take advice from and you need to hold yourself accountable to those you're responsible to and hold yourself accountable to yourself. 
So it's been huge for me even coming to that mental realisation that you don't need to have that, that um, capstone on top because that's actually so much of the issue we're seeing here at the moment. Yeah. Too many people are playing up into politics and positioning and losing their true purpose and actually devaluing their people. So I now have this newfound uh, confidence in what I'm doing based off, again, what I've already known, that intrinsic purpose, that motivation that is uh, responsibility down with, through, and um, as, as a collective team doing what we're doing. Absolutely. Buddy, um, sh- just before, you mentioned... Um dragging us to the gym yeah. and properly doing whatever, right? Let's talk about mental health. And then we did touch on routine, but we, we sort of skipped through it. Um, have you had to focus more on physical training during a mental health crisis? Do you find yourself like wanting to focus on the true and what you thought and is your purpose? Because yeah. the purpose got turned up 10 notches, right? You're like, yes, here's my purpose. Yeah. Or I found a purpose here and my responsibility around it. Yep. What happens to my re- regular routine now? Is my, did my training change? Do I eat funny? Like, what's going on? Well, my purpose uh, five weeks ago was to um, shred up for summer. <laughs> <laughs> and the, uh, the carbo-loaded diet and just eating through convenience. And even just uh, – I'm, I'm an emotional eater. Like, I've struggled with eating disorders most of my life. And, um, yeah, that's really you – know, when, when I don't like my physical appearance, uh, it actually has a further impact on me mentally. And it's been very unfortunate that I've been wearing suit jackets and stuff. And so many people say, whatever, blah, blah, blah. You know, it's um, – you know, dealing in the margins. But when it's you, it's you personally, it's your head, it's your space, it's where you're at and it detracts from me. So now even just changing my routine. So it's first thing in the morning, like I have to work out because what was happening was, yep. you know, it's like, oh, you know, I've got a bit of free time this afternoon. I'll actually sleep in and work out this afternoon. Everything just happens. You know, when you think you have time, you have none and the, the schedule has been getting full. So my non-negotiable is get up and go to the gym. It used to be get up and make the bed and go to the gym, but I'm now getting up at around 6 or 7 a.m. Yep. and copper stays asleep in the bed, so I have to come back and so make it So let me afterwards. get this right. When you were being selfless, when you were sacrificing self and doing your duty, yeah. your mental health and physical health took a hit. Uh, yeah. Oh, funny. I wonder how many, including a lot of mums out here doing the same thing. It's like when you're pouring your heart out for other people, yeah. you take a step back maybe five step backs on your own personal health. Yeah. Right. You're right. So and I mean, time to re-zero. you got to re-zero. I've been, I've, I guess I've been so privileged and we're so many others who I can hopefully draw parallels to this. Um, I've had the advantages. I've, I've had you know words of affirmation pouring in mm. um, and that has made it worthwhile. But I'm only I'm talking a short time. You know, We're, we're talking a, a four-week burst period. But I tell you what, mate, if it went any longer, we'd be, we'd be dealing with some issues and that's yeah. where I need to use this time to recalibrate, to conduct... Yep. A, a post-activity report and see what I need to do moving forward to implement some more robust strategies and routines. Exactly. And we've got, you know, all hopes and desires with our plan to do a lot more, not media, I wouldn't say media, but marketing, right? A lot more uh, activations and marketing and, and getting ourselves out there a lot more to help more people, right? To, su- to offer these services through, that we have, more right? More cut, cut through, through. To, to those who need it, so not those who just want to click through it. So it's yep. going to happen again, right? Where we're focused on traveling here, doing something else, yeah. right? And we need to ensure that we take our routine with us. So you mentioned making the bed, that number one. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, <laughs> it's just more so getting up and moving. Like I don't drink coffee. I'm not a morning person. And if I don't move in the morning, that's why I now have to go to the gym. Like I will be sluggish all throughout the day. First meal's when? Oh, I've been trying to do fasting. Okay. Uh, you know, for, for me, my metabolism is so slow. Yep. So for me, uh, it's usually trying to be a, a, a midday or a 12 p.m. or 11 a.m. sort of first meal. Yep. And heard you say that you're, you know, carb, oh, carb hungry. I, uh, yeah. <laughs> I love carbs. I love snacking. And um, 
if I particularly emotionally eat or eat on the go, as we know, for some reason, like most things that are easy to good do on the go are, are carbo-loaded and my body just loves to hold on to carbs. So I've been trying to but what's really your en- cut what, back. What's your energy levels like on carbs versus have you gone down the fats route? Uh, carbs makes me much more sluggish. Yeah. Okay. Um, but in particular, even then, just like portion sizes, mate, you know, I'll binge it because I'm like, right, I haven't eaten. I was not eating until like the evenings and then just smashing in a huge meal and just being a, a beast uh, and just, you know, really affecting those energy levels. Yeah. Yeah. It, see what's a common theme with it doesn't matter if we're talking like the political, we're talking about this stuff right now, which is, you know, mental health and the physical health is being reactive versus proactive oh. in the mental <laughs> health space as well. Like it's exactly the same thing. So Everything. if you want to, not you know cast out and have a bit of forethought into what's coming in the coming weeks or months guess what you're going to be reactive and you're going to cop a lot of you know i don't know you're going to degrade a lot right so if you can just pitch forward so coming up onto the weekend next week and the next few weeks look like this and this is what should be a clear plan like my physical activities will be these and i'm going to these locations and conducting this yeah you know my eating routine little AAR back here. What's my new eating routine? You know what I mean? Like yeah. we've got to move forward. So you just got to have that space. Well, the best thing we have is, you know, in, in the back of my head, I'm always good at planning forward and knowing we have sort of Christmas and New Year's coming up. Yeah. I sort of know and it's been calculated that I can sort of burn myself out because I'm going to head up to Brizzy mm-hmm. with, with Mama Duck and she's going to, you know, feed me all the good stuff and be able to go to the gym and do all that. But, you know, that's very fortunate just given this time and space, but that's not sustainable, you know, particularly if we hit next year. Um, on the ground running, I need to definitely have those yep. pre-established routines in place. I want to see some. Oh, I want yeah. to see some. Now, I'm, I'm putting the pressure on you as well as me because myself. I right? just thought I need more pressure. Good. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> but you've got, some, you've got some pretty killer support, right? Yeah, so, right. no, what's – so, guys, I've, I've got a um, busted leg at the moment, busted wing, right? So um, Yeah, we're going to have a good chat about that on the next one. For sure. So, I've got, like, just had knee surgery, but what I have been doing is training. Yep. Um, what I haven't been doing is put enough of that on social media, been running around doing doing other things and not focusing on myself. Yes. Right. And it's been, you'll see that reflected on my social media. It hasn't been up, but I have been training. I've been nonstop training, even with a busted wing. And I've had a lot of veterans reaching out in the past and even got a mention on, on a podcast with guys seeing me train because people find it hard and guys in a mental health space find it hard to train as it is. Yeah. And I didn't realize that they saw me training even with a busted leg going, he's still training, what are you doing? And I never even thought of it from that angle. But that's what I wanted to put a little bit of pressure on you is just like, now we've got some space to train. Yeah. Let's try. And even that, mate, there's so much to talk about even on the social media side of the house. You know, I've sort of felt myself with all these eyes now looking on me and I used to enjoy being a bit more cheeky and playful on my social media and, you know, even just posting it or just taking a bit of a post-gym session and, I've actually found myself not being authentic with my social media because I've found myself almost sort of playing that politics. And then all of a sudden, you know, post something about doing box breathing or doing workouts. People are like, oh, it's great to see, you know, the actual, you know, real human side of you as well. I was like, correct. correct. And again, it's this energy you're putting into trying to be inauthentic. Just stick to your guns. You know, people, not everyone's going to agree with it. Haters going to hate. And that's great. They can do that. For those who need it, they're going to hear it. And that's where the impact is. And that's what, you know, if anything, takeaways the last four weeks, you know, authentic purpose, stick to it, be true to yourself, and those who need it will, will take it. Well, those who don't will come out and attack, but let them do that. See, I think I'm pretty good at recognising what makes people excited and, and brings their best self to the party and their energy and stuff. And I've seen that in you, and that's why I wanted to publicly put the pressure on and be like, not yeah. in that way, but just in like getting back to your own routine and sharing that. Because for me, that's 
super helpful and super yeah. motivating and whatever. The issue for me is actually when I – my time at the gym is so critical to everything, physical, mental and emotional health, the time just being able to put mm. your earpods in and just tune out and go through you know, a physical activity. Mm. But the issue for me is that's actually when my creativity – it's, you yeah. know, you and Sam will get messages from me at the gym. When, I I, when I'm there working out, it's probably some of the only time that I've been able to, through physical exertion, move a lot of the, the cloud and clutter from my mind away. And next thing, I'm into my phone Do writing you know notes. And, Do you know why that is? No. So in that moment, you're able to combine a couple of things, which is um, in a heightened emotional state, right, and clarity on, like, in that particular moment anyway – Clarity on your purpose yep. with a heightened emotion is a very good creative platform. You're right. Right? So in that moment, you're creating and in, in, in helping your own health. Yeah. In the gym, you're not thinking about anything else. That's the most important part. Yeah. That's right? it. Creating and then some space. what starts to happen is more creative powers and energy towards what you're already doing, which is improving your own health. Yeah, got it. Improving your own position. You're no longer in survival mode. Yeah, true. You're in... I'm in proactive mode. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean it's been it's been so interesting for me. But even then, there's been that battle of, hey, no, you're working out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> relax. So yeah. anyway, still trying to find that balance. That's when you need an oppo. Yeah, right. I do. I need a good fuck. I need a good gym buddy. That was almost a slip of the word there. Um, <laughs> yeah, good deal. And even you know when we went down to Canberra, you know Scotty made me go to the gym and you know actually working out hard. You know when you're stressed right. out, you and I find myself you, you shallow breathe. You know. Back yep. to rule number one, when the guys passed the selection course, we sat them down and did uh, a lesson. I'll have to get Gemma on one of these podcasts talking about stress recognition and regulation. Breathing is so huge. The yogis have got it down pat. And I sit there and I just keep shallow breathing, shallow breathing. And you literally feel that the tension, the cortisol, everything building up in you. And when you go and exercise hard and breathe and sweat, you're forcing your lungs and you're actually breathing deep and heavy. There's all these physiological um, impacts of just actually exercising that have an impact on your emotional mental state and yeah. every single person i know would beat in the same drum but i just need to keep practicing what i preach and focus on if there's one thing you try and do at least every day is go out there and exercise yeah absolutely i think when you are in a um, poor mental state you believe yourself to be weak and it starts from, yeah. the, from the inside out. You think you're dropping the ball on a few things, you feel weak, right? And then you go to the gym and that's what a buddy, an oppo needs to do is to force on that hard session and don't start it immediately. Don't be like, okay, you know, whatever and crack straight into it. But those few extra forced reps that started to happen, throw in that extra round, yeah. throw in that extra activity. Now it's not a superset, it's a giant set. But by the end of it, you're like, that was hard and exactly what I needed because you need a strong mind to actually get through that yeah. and your ability to reattach with some confidence around your strong mentality. I've still got it. I went through the hard session. It was great. Where's yeah. my next one? You're leaving on a positive foot, not a negative one. You're right. And the, the biggest thing that I've learned is that, particularly when it comes to my self-support, my self-survival, my proactive um, self-care, I need others to help me be accountable. You know, yeah. that session with you at the gym – you know, actually working out with someone, you, you push yourself so much harder and it's actually okay for me to appreciate that I actually need that help and support um, and to tell people that as well, you know, and it's not like, you know, I need help and support in my life. Even just break down those areas that you really do need it. It's like, hey, look, you know, that's why people have a gym buddy. Yep. Have someone who like helps them with their diet. Have someone who, you know, helps them with their meditation or their, you know, mindfulness or whatever you need to do. 
Um, just identify those people while you have the downtime, even over this Christmas New Year yep. break. Identify those who provide you with that personal value and compliment you physically, mentally, and emotionally, and, and put them in your um, your recall list. Yep. You know, when you have any issues that spark up, keep them informed. Do you know it goes both ways? I've always, I've always said this. So, yeah, I might be the person that's that's putting the session on that particular person this time, but reverse it. You know, when you learn something is when you start to coach it. When you yeah. start to train other people in it is when you really, really learn it. Yep. And it works the same way with, you know, this session that we're talking about or putting someone through a hard session is if you're on the receiving end or the giving end, it's, it's, they're, they're different, but they're both just as good. Absolutely. I'm saying we both got a good session in it, but me giving the energy is so good for me and so good for you and vice versa. Absolutely, absolutely. And, uh, you know, with a... Uh, we talk about veterans helping veterans either way it, how therapeutic and cathartic it is actually helping someone you know i keep talking to um, government systems and bodies and everything else about this proactive mental health solutions that we need and simple fact that have activating veterans to reach out and support other vet- veterans activating friends to reach out and support friends it's actually good for both because in the conduct of providing that support you're actually investing and feeling value in yourself and what to your point while I say 2012, my deployment in Afghanistan was the very highlight of my career being responsible for people, one of the very, very close seconds was actually that last year and a bit um, running the selection course and particularly the ability to especially select but then also especially train. You know, I'd have the, the future officers um, who pass selection course then on the reinforcement and teaching them what I knew from my combat experience on how to be the best tactical leaders but also how to be the best leaders and leadership to the men and those responsible for, mm. you know, being able to impart that, that knowledge and information was just, you know, you could do that all day. It's, it's yeah. also much yeah. much easier physically, but as far as the uh, mental and emotional value, it's so huge. So just making sure you, you appreciate and cover off on those different areas. Yeah. Absolutely. I think that was, um, you know, a key part to my transition is I went straight into the fitness and health space, but I went straight into coaching. Yeah. Immediately, I went into a mate's CrossFit gym. I was the coach. I was doing gymnastics and CrossFit and bodybuilding and I was like I said I was the coach before anything and yeah. it was those coaching sessions taking classes doing one-on-one PTs trying to make an income for myself but those sessions that were giving back to me yeah because I you couldn't sit there and be like where poor me or have any of this you know victim mentality going on when you're 24 7 passing on positivity and trying yeah. to build someone it also gives you <laughs> that purpose outside of self again you know exactly. others are looking to you for responsibility yep so it immediately draws us, and that's what we're great at doing. We're great at, one, demonstrating natural leadership, and two, um, providing that mechanism through which we can ourselves perform better by putting a layer of resiliency that is purpose outside of self between us and anything sure. that could harm us. For sure. I'd like to see, you know, as, as part of a transition, you know, system in mm. place is that guys get to dabble with, you know, things like that. slow hanging fruit because you're, already med- you're immediately, a, you know, a fit person you've had a lot of time in the military to be a coach in that space even around nutrition even around emotional intelligence anything like that that's you know i mean that's a little bit deeper no it's good it's it's all it's all that needed mate and um i reckon we'll we'll jump on this next time and really have a good chat about that whole transition piece you know this is the huge part that we have the ability now with the optic on veterans and where we've been to to take it up as one of these key subjects that we want to see change here and now um, and, and now's the chance to do it. So awesome! All right, so you know, just to cap it off, mate. Lots, so much. Lots have ha- has happened. Yeah. But now it's time to reset, re-zero, and get back on um, target for voice of a veteran. Us two talking on podcast, and um, and what's come off the back of it. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we've been through 
a sprint. Um, the key thing is, you know, this is a long-term game and need to now take away some of the uh, facts and key nuggets that you've even helped draw out yeah. of me here to then go and practice, preach, implement, ask for support and establish those regimes and procedures around us for the next uh, 2021 burst. And at the same time, um, really start to work with our community to help them be able to do the same. For sure. And that's going to come through feedback, guys. So give us the feedback, key topics that you've heard today you want to us to expand or unbox a little bit more. That's what we need to know. We've got our own um, schedule ahead and it's an exciting one. So Absolutely. And you know, I think whatever this is on, um, comment, get in, get in contact with us if you have any uh, ideas or any small topics you pulled out of these you want us to elaborate on further. Scotty and I don't have a premeditated schedule here. We're all about actually providing value as opposed to providing entertainment. Roger that. Cool. Well, I'll see you next week. See you next time. Thanks for listening to the Voice of a Veteran podcast. We really hope that there were some key takeaways that might help you be they relatable, be they aspirational, but we're not just here for your entertainment. So please make sure you remember, move on and action from here. And that's it, guys. If you've heard something here today that has truly helped you, it's our duty to share that information with as many as we can. Support is about being proactive, and that's taking action to better our own lives as well as the lives of as many mates as we can. We love your support getting these messages out, so please subscribe. Go to our YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Voice of a Veteran. Catch you next time. See ya.